Hello, and welcome to episode 008 of Citizen of the World, the podcast. I am your host, Kathleen Parisier. On this week's episode of Citizen of the World, the podcast, we have a very special guest. This podcast is all about inspiring action outside of your comfort zone. And the best part about listening to a podcast is you're hearing a perspective of somebody that you don't normally talk to. And so really thank you for tuning in today. You're doing yourself a huge favor as you're really going to hear an inspiring story from our guest, Candice. How often have you ever heard of someone like leaving their job, renovating a bus and taking off on an everlasting road trip with their husband? It's almost too good to be true, but I promise you it is true. Candace and her husband, Phil, recently literally picked up their life in Toronto and set up on a bus. They renovated a minibus, which I learned is a schoolie. Am I pronouncing that right, Candace? Oh, yeah. Schoolie? Okay, we're going to hear all about a schoolie today. So they've been adventuring throughout the United States. And this is the second time that Candace has left her corporate consulting job to travel. And yet this time she's doing it with her husband. So from Candace, we're going to hear about like, what's it like to leave your nine to five job behind? What's it like living on a bus? What's it like just like embracing the unknown and being completely free? So welcome Candace to the Citizen of the World, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about the opportunity to be featured here. Yeah. And so Candace, like, tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, your background, and how you came to like, live on a bus. Um, so, you know, I'm from Ottawa in Canada. Um, I graduated uh, university with a degree in commerce um, with information systems and operations management as my concentrations. Um, I started working for a global consulting firm before I even graduated um, and have been working for global consulting firms, a couple different ones at this point, um, for over 10 years now. And it's a good career in the sense that there's lots of different things that you get to see and learn because it's all project-based, but at the same time, it's very high burn, um, very high stress. The hours are long and the demands are high. Um, which is what drove me to leave twice. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think that the first time I left is, is probably a little bit more of a crazy story um, than this time around because I was burnt out and drowning and my mom was sick and whatever. This time it was, we got married and wanted to enjoy our lives. So we decided to bail. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And how long have you been on the road now for? Um, since December 30th. So I think that's about seven weeks now. Amazing. And so you talked a little bit about burnout in, in the consulting world, like from your experience, like with your colleagues, do they wish that they could do what you're doing? I have heard a lot of that. Like when I did this departure, um, I told people the truth about what I was doing because I actually knew. <laughs> um, last time I didn't know what I was going to do. I just failed. But um, this time it was like, yeah, I'm going to go live in a bus for a year. And I heard, I heard every reaction that you could possibly think of. I had some people who sort of looked at me a little bit sideways and were like, eh, kind of fits. You're a bit crazy. I can see it. Um, I had some people who were like, that's completely insane. I could never do that, but it sounds awesome. And like, I wish I could. And I'm like, well, hold on. Like, how do you, 
in the same breath say, I could never do it, but I wish I could. Some of these people thought that they hated camping, so they couldn't do it. Girl, I do not like camping. <laughs> um, some of them thought it would just be too hard to manage the finances or just like generally too much. Like they, they couldn't fathom getting out of their mortgage or whatever it is, but whatever it is that's holding you back, there's always a way out. Absolutely. Do you think that it's, it's more so excuses? Like for you and Phil to decide to do this, this is something that you decided together, right? Like you didn't let any other people's opinion influence you. Like you guys stayed strong to what you were doing. Yeah, we actually, um, so we got engaged in like August, I think of 2018. And we started planning the wedding for August of 2019, which was beautiful and amazing. And I loved it. Um, and then I think it was like around January, February of that same like 2019 year where I was like, starting to get burnt out again, working too many hours, had too much on my plate, kind of didn't like the way it was trending. Um, and I started getting very like escapist thoughts, I guess. And so I would go to Phil and be like, let's go to Bali. Like, let's move to Hawaii. Or like, let's do this. And he was like, what are we gonna do with Cooper? The dog, you know? And I was like, yeah, good point. And um, a few years back I had seen this guy do um, a van conversion and, and he had done it very specific to building his like photography mobile that he wanted to travel around um, the United States and, and different places doing photography. And it was just like incredible. And I thought, wow, I would love to do that because I had just gotten back from my last road trip, which we did in my little cobalt <laughs> for two and a half months. Um, so I showed Phil one of those videos and he's like, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. We shouldn't, we should get a school bus. And I was like, <laughs> uh, how is that less crazy than a van? But okay. Um, and so we, so we decided that we would look into it um, to see if the, if the concept was at all feasible, right? Because you see these people online and it's like, look at me, I renovated a school bus for $1,000. And you're like, okay. Um, so we looked into it. We're like, how do we power this thing? How do we have running water? How do we, what's the floor plan going to look like? Um, what's our monthly budget for expenses going to have to look like? You know, how many nights a month do we expect to spend at a campsite? What's the average cost of that? in America, that kind of thing. Um, and so we, we did a ton of research. I think we must have watched like 2000 different van, uh, van and, and bus renovation videos um, and videos about people's budgets and whatever and made some spreadsheets because I'm a consultant. <laughs> and we're like, wow, this is, this is totally doable. So this was about May. And then we're like, you know what though, we need to like plan that wedding. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> before we escape we have to get married right we should probably like refocus and just get the wedding thing off without a hitch so we sort of put the bus thing on hold even though we're like we could do this and we decided on a short school bus for a lot of reasons i can get into um we're like let's do this but let's get married first so we did we had you know beautiful fairy tale wedding and then we went to uh, Roatan in Honduras for our honeymoon for 10 days. Wow. While we were there, we're like, bus, bus things. Let's do bus things. It's interesting how like, when you decide something like this, the universe kind of like, it can't let it go, right? Like once mm -hmm. you're vegan, like you need to pursue this and there's nothing to kind of, even though the wedding was there, like afterwards it came back to you. Like you knew you had to do it. We bought the bus the weekend after we got back from our honeymoon. <laughs> 
you knew that you kind of wanted to like, uh, like the thing about a honeymoon and like going on vacation for seven days, it's like, it's just seven days. You don't really yeah. get to do much in that time. You know, you're just a tourist as like, you guys really want the experience. Yeah. And I love like, I love immersing myself into different places. Like we've been in Florida for, I think five weeks. So like we've really gotten a sense of this state and it's very different, like from Ocala to the Keys and everything in between like Orlando and Miami and, and Vero Beach, like the, um, the Space Coast, like it's all so different. Right. Florida's awesome. People are nuts in the best way. <laughs> and so what are you guys like, you've been touring for seven, seven weeks already now. What is your plan? Do you guys have a plan of where you're going? Kind of, but it's pretty loosey-goosey. Um, so our, initially, we were just like, let's get south. Let's get away from winter. Um, mission accomplished. It's 29 degrees Celsius here. <laughs> and then um, now that we're in the Keys, we're, so we're here until the 24th of February. And then we're just going to go west. Um, in Florida, it's beautiful, but it's a bit expensive. Um, there's not as much. So, you know, in Canada, we have crown land that you can camp on for free. In the U.S., they have what's called BLM land, same thing. Um, but there's not very much of it in Florida. There's some ways you can get free campsites. And actually, I'm going to write a blog post about how to do Florida cheaper. We didn't necessarily follow all the advice I'm going to give. <laughs> um, learned it the hard way, as usual. But um, it, the West Coast has way more BLM land, so our next like major destination is Louisiana. So we're hoping to, um, especially with all of the hurricane uh, damage that has gone on there, we're hoping to volunteer and, and help uh, repair some of the damage. Phil, being a carpenter, has a lot of skills that could help them out. Wow, so not only not only are you guys like on this, this never-ending road trip, but you're actually doing good along the way as well. That's a really big part of what I want to do. Um, it's, it's a little bit easier in the U S to do that with Phil's skill set because of the hurricane damage and stuff. Um, but we're also planning to go down through Mexico and Central America at some point. And I would like to volunteer more down there. Um, both of us are scuba dive certified. And so I'm really interested in trying to help do anything that saves the ocean. So like reef cleanup, cataloging fish, beach cleanup, don't care really just something, um, I've, I've wanted to volunteer for, gosh, probably almost eight years. I've been thinking about it and I haven't done anything. So <laughs> but like we why said, not now? Like we said before, like whatever you want to do when you have that calling, it's very difficult to turn it off. And so even though it took you eight years to do it, like you're, you're doing that. And like, what does it feel like to let go of the nine to five corporate stuff that kind of like regiments your life? Like you don't have a time for even trying a new hobby or doing something. How has this shift? Like now you're able to, to think about volunteering and thinking about helping other people, right? Like how, how has that changed in your mindset? How do you feel that change? It's like, I was so ready to not have to do my job anymore. So I don't miss it at all. Um, I miss the people a little bit. I had some really fantastic people that I worked with. I don't really miss the schedule, but I would say that I'm craving coming up with a different schedule. Um, for the first couple of weeks that we were on the road, we still had a lot of renovations to do on the bus. 
So like the bathroom wasn't finished because it was December and we couldn't run the plumbing <laughs> because it would freeze the pipes. And so we couldn't finish the bathroom before we left. So we had to do that once we got down south. Um, and we had to paint the bus and we had just a bunch of little things. I'm actually going to do an Instagram series soon with all of the updated photos of the bus with all the renovations detailed. But we've been working on those for weeks. And then once we stopped, we were at a... Um, a schoolie swarm which was awesome so it was like I think there was over a hundred different schoolie renovations that got together cool. so we got to meet all kinds of awesome people and see their different how they did their buses which was super fun and then since then we were in Miami and Orlando we went to Disney World we have been in the Keys like it's been a vacation but right. I'm like now I'm kind of like okay when do we start to like do stuff you know like and we started talking about like do we start to maybe think about working on a work week schedule like maybe we do Monday to Wednesday is just like work days where we get up early go to a cafe work all day or fulfill like go do whatever it is at a Home Depot to like find some cash jobs or something um, but like we haven't gotten there yet because we're in the keys and it's still vacation yeah. okay. <laughs> now you're in the vacation mode but i feel like you're you're really wanting to have a routine because like a lot of people think like oh when you're traveling it's maybe people won't want to travel because they don't like that non-routine a lot of people need a routine but even though when you are traveling and living in a bus you can set a routine oh totally i mean i have coffee <laughs> <laughs> like i've got i have my coffee we have um in the the garage of the bus like under the bed that's the garage it's um i've got a yoga mat i've got snorkel gear i've got my merfin for mermaid swimming um i know how, i'm trying to i might mermaid we'll see <laughs> how difficult was it candace to like let go of all of the stuff that you had because like i've seen the pictures of the bus and i'll post it on my blog as well that there's not that much room. So you would have had to get rid of a lot of stuff. Oh man, you have no idea. So, and you were at my house. So, you know, <laughs> like we had a lot of stuff. Um, so we had, we, we started purging, um, I think like two months before we left. Um, we sold some stuff on Kijiji. Um, it's like, I sold like my old PS2 and all the games. I sold the old Wii and, and, and different things like that with kitchen gadgets and whatnot. I think I must have done like between six and eight carloads of donations to Salvation Army. Wow. Um, I did have, I do have some stuff stored at my parents. Um, so I have, I think two wardrobe boxes, six kind of big Tupperwares, um, a treadmill, a table saw, and um, my coffee table stored with my parents. Um, so it was like a 10 foot U-Haul van full and the stuff that I kept it was like things that I don't want to get rid of because I might need them again but I can't I don't need them here so like for example one of those Tupperwares is full of stilettos <laughs> I love like girl you know any stilettos Phil didn't let you bring any stilettos in the bus who cares <laughs> <laughs> but how did you feel to actually like liberate yourself of all this stuff like to donate all this to the so after all that, we still had to call 1-800-GOT-JUNK and we, full, we filled a whole dump truck of stuff from our house like three days before we left. Just threw it all in the garbage. Would you say that people live with way too much stuff? Like we don't need half of this stuff? Oh, totally. And then the first place we stopped was my friend Tani. Um, 
in Washington, D.C., I ended up leaving two, I had brought two suitcases. I thought they'd be useful to store like blankets or whatever in, but they were just really awkward and hard to deal with in the garage of the bus. So I actually left those full of things at her place. So like we've even purged since we've been on the road. <laughs> That's amazing. Cause like I feel when I backpacked for six months, like it was so liberating to just have my backpack, to just have the things I needed. I, I still had too much stuff, but still like we don't need that much as human beings. Like just the simplicity of things is what we need. It's amazing how much we don't need. It's like this wall behind me is my closet. And um, honestly, like I don't wear half the clothes that I brought. I wear the same thing every day. I wear jean shorts and a tank top or a bathing suit. Like I don't, I brought dresses, which like maybe I'll need at some point. But like even now as I'm looking at it, I'm like, Maybe I just donate that too. <laughs> so I think we'll continue to purge. Amazing. It's it's liberating and for our readers to hear that, you know, like especially in North America, we're so caught up in like buying stuff and buying stuff and getting new curtains and getting this and that. When like none of that matters. No, uh, and especially for all these people that are travel bloggers, like God love them and I'm I guess I'm trying to be one too. So, you know, don't stop following us. But like we sell you stuff that you maybe don't need sometimes and like some what I noticed as well is that like the more of like those types of accounts that I followed the more Instagram would start prompting me with different product placements so it's not even like that the bloggers are trying to sell you something because most of the time if they're like this is a good product it's like well they probably tried it so it might be if you need it um but all the product placement on Instagram and it's like oh you know hair extensions or like this bag for traveling and it's like no like you don't you don't need a bag with 6,000 pockets to be able to go do a, a road trip. You just need a, right, whatever backpack you have in your closet is fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so what, like, what is your, how are you guys going to start making money on the road? Cause that's what a lot of people, that that's why people don't want to do this, right? Like, how am I going to make money? Like, yeah, it's crazy. So um, for me, I think it might be a little bit easier than Phil, just because the nature of what I do is it can be online. Um, so for me, I'm actually looking into um, career coaching. So I'm uh, going to, I think I, I might do it through another company just so that I don't have to go search for clients because that's quite challenging when you're starting out. Yeah. Um, but in my career already, I've been a coach for a whole bunch of different professionals, um, over 25 people I've coached in my life, and I've coached them through different project situations, promotions at a big like global consulting conglomerate. Um, I've coached them through, you know, client issues, team issues, all kinds of stuff. Um, so I have the experience of coaching. So I think that's something that I could probably do online. Um, and I probably could make some decent coin doing it. The other thing that I might do, it's a bit time consuming, but I made all the cushions in the bus, like this yeah. cushion. Um, and I didn't realize how much people pay for these things, but like the way we did it was we bought the foam um, at a wholesale place and I went to um, a fabric store and I bought this like microfiber fabric. Uh, fabric. Um, we got microfiber because it's pretty hard to stain it. Everything just kind of wipes off and it's, um, it's really good for dogs because they, their hair doesn't stick to it as much and 
they don't really like to chew on it. So Cooper hasn't ruined the cushions yet, knock on wood. Um, but I was talking to this woman about her cushions in her van and she paid $600 for them. I did not spend close to that to make these cushions. So if I could, I might go on Etsy and sell cushions. <laughs> so not only, you know, like Candace is talking on, on a bunch of points right now. It's like, you can make money off of the skills that you already have. If you're already working oh, yeah. with somebody, chances are there's a lot of things that you could do to make money off of that you're just not. And the, the, whoever you're working for is the one making all the money and you're doing all the work. So like you can actually find things that you're good at that people will buy online. 100%. And, and as you're saying too, it's like you don't have to have it all figured out. If you just start going and you're, you met other schoolies and learned that what they paid to renovate their bus, like now you could have a business of renovating schoolies. Just from doing it yourself, you know more than the next person. Yep, and a lot of people do that, and that's actually part of our long-term plan as well. <clears throat> so we're going to, um, I think we're going to start it when we get to British Columbia, because we want that business to be legal, and we can't legally work in the U.S. Right. Um, I can work remotely from anywhere as long as it's like for a Canadian company, which is the plan. But the um, that's where that's where it's a little bit more challenging for Phil because what he does is so physical. But our bus is beautiful, I think. Um, of all of the buses that I've seen now with the, like with the swarm and stuff, like it's, I would say it's up there in terms of like quality, the layout, the way things work, the practicality of it. Some people have these like, you know, it looks like a New York loft and it's beautiful and it photographs super well, but like, do you really need an espresso machine when you're living in 80 square feet? Right. I don't think so. <laughs> But that's what's so fun about this is that you can really design these like tiny spaces for what you need. Yeah. And that's where we think like we could probably differentiate ourselves from the perspective of like we have some templated floor plans that you can choose from. But then the rest of it is like he's a custom carpenter. So like dream it, dreamer. We'll build it. <laughs> he can do a lot and he can get a lot of cash jobs on, on the way to everybody always needs renovations, especially good renovations. That's for sure. Like he can always find work. I'm, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. And I've noticed it's really interesting trend in um, people who are doing schoolie renos. Cause I, I follow like everybody that I can. Um, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of people are framing up their whole schoolie using two by fours we don't have a single two by four in here. So a two by four, um, it reduces a lot of your space that you have in your bus. They're yeah. thick. I mean, they're two by four. Um, but the reason that builders build with two by fours is because they have to be load bearing. Your bus is already load bearing. Your furniture inside doesn't need to bear really any load at all. So you build the whole thing with plywood, three quarter inch ply. That's what our whole schoolie is built with. Wow. Um, much more affordable that way too, right? Like how much did it cost you guys in all of this? You don't mind me asking. Oh, that's no, it's a good question. So um, we bought the bus. We found the bus on Kijiji. Um, this guy was selling like he had five buses out of uh, somewhere in Toronto. Um, we got the bus. He listed it at 5,500. Um, and then when we went there, he asked, we asked if we paid cash, could he take five? And he said, sure. And then he contacted us again and he said, if I take the stop sign and the yellow bar that opens off the front um, and a couple of the seats, would you take it for 42? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that for sure. Take it. 
we have to so legally you have to take the stop sign in the yellow bar off anyways and we were going to take the seats out so we're like uh yeah that's that's an okay deal <laughs> so and and then so you got it for a discount and then what about the actual renovations how much did that so i think we've put about 15,000 into the renovations um <clears throat> there are some things that we got um a little bit more high-end that like you don't have to do um and one example of that is our solar system oh i was gonna say your beautiful stove as well like you oh that thing's awesome yeah really nice stove but yeah. tell, tell me about your solar system so um so we spent about five grand on the solar um for a bunch of reasons but a big part of that is actually that uh, some of the regulations in canada prevent you from purchasing um certain products <clears throat> so for the batteries we actually had um we had to buy our batteries from china and we got taxed like crazy um bringing them in so i think the batteries uh they might have cost like maybe a thousand dollars or something like that and we spent eight hundred dollars on taxes or like tariffs or import fees or whatever um so that was ridiculous but if you were able to get them wholesale like there are ways you could shave money off that plus our system is super powerful so on the roof we have eight 100 watt solar panels um so that gets us 800 um amp hours of, of or something like that i forget all the right words feels better at this than me but lots of power coming in from the sun and then we have a um a charge controller a sign a pure sine wave inverter and um and our lithium ion batteries, we have 3,600 um, watt hours on our batteries. So you don't need to plug in electricity when you go to campsites, you have full energy. Yeah, exactly. So here, this is what it is. So we have an 80 amp EP ever MPPT solar charge controller, um, which is a really good charge controller. And we have a power teach-in 3000 watt pure sine wave inverter. Um, and yeah, three, uh, 3,600 watt hours of um, batteries. And those batteries are lithium ion phosphate cells that we, we bought basically the individual cells and then we hammered copper piping to build the battery bank ourselves. Um, so all that sits underneath the bed. Um, we also have the ability to plug into shore power. Um, so we haven't, basically we have an extension cord is what that means. <laughs> So we have like a big like 60 foot extension cord or something. So if we wanted to, we could plug different bits and pieces of our setup into shore power if it's there, but we're able to operate off grid hundred um, percent. We don't need to get power ever really. And we have enough water to go for like five days. Wow. So from what I'm understanding from this story is not only, you know, did you have the courage to leave your comfortable lives, but you're actually learning so much from stepping into this. Like now you're renewable energy specialists. Like yeah. <laughs> who knew off grid tiny living was going to be something I would actually know about in my life. I mean, I can't, and, and I only scratched the surface, like Phil spent weeks researching this stuff. <clears throat> he has, and he'll, he's super um, humble. So he'll not say he's actually an expert, but he's so good. And, it was one of the most talked about things at the schoolie swarm. Wow. It was just the solar setup. Like, and some people are like, oh yeah, I run AC on my solar. And we're like, well, hold on. Ha are you sure that you do? Because we looked into that and it's really tough. 
So you're really industry leaders at this point too of the schoolie life that you never imagined that this would be. You just wanted to do your own thing and now you're like, you can help other people build their own schoolies, renewable energy and like cost efficient as well. It doesn't sound like it was that elaborate. It's, it's much cheaper than buying a Winnebago. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So like we were 20 grand all in for everything. Um, and like I said, you know, $5,000 on the solar because of, I think if you were in the U S and you bought all the exact same components as us, you would still get that significantly cheaper because the import fees wouldn't be as bad. Um, and then also like you have more options in the U S to buy better battery banks, like right. onshore as well. Um, cause Canada has this thing about it was because of the the plane accident where a Samsung battery exploded on a plane. It happened like years and years ago. Since then, we've had higher regulations on the batteries that we allow into the country. So they're not allowed to package them up the same way, basically. It makes it more expensive for us. But not the end of the world. <laughs> You've just learned so much of this from, from, from just trying something new, essentially. And that's what's yeah. so cool is like when we do get out of our comfort zones and try something new, the whole world really opens up to us. But it is difficult, right, Candace? It is very difficult to do this. Like, it takes a lot of courage, fearlessness. But it also, like, what advice do you have for people that are, are scared to go into the unknown? Well, I mean, if it's specifically about doing a bus, um, I'm, we met this man at the Schoolie Swarm who had the cheapest bus renovation I've ever seen. Um, now it wasn't glamorous inside or anything like that. He didn't have like chalkboards with cute messages or whatever, but he spent, he was all in, I think under $5,000 us for the bus, the renovations, all the materials, everything. And he just went to thrift stores. So his outdoor table that comes off the side of his bus is an ironing board that he just <laughs> hung off the side of his bus. Um, but it's perfect. Cause it's got a little, it's meant to be one that flips down off a wall. It's got a little leg that comes down and he just uses that as his outdoor cooking table. Like, so I would say, you know, be creative. Um, don't confine yourself to like, oh, I have to be what I see on Instagram in order to make this happen because you totally don't. Um, <clears throat> and also like take it one step at a time. So a big goal is really, really tough to think about in its entirety. But if you break it down into more digestible chunks, um, then that can help you to achieve what it is that you want. So what is that expression? It's like, we always overestimate what we can achieve in a day, but we underestimate what we can achieve in a year. So in a day, of course, you're not going to like get a bus renovated, build solar power, have plumbing, like no, but in a year, absolutely right? You can totally do that. You just set up like a little schedule, like, okay, first is I need to find the bus. So what do I need to know about buses? Where do I find them? Who, do, who should I talk to to make sure that I buy a good one? You know, maybe you got to find a mechanic who you trust that can review the bus for you and make sure it's fine. You start to break the thing down into more digestible chunks. And then before you know it, you're starting to make progress towards a goal that seemed like something that was so far stretched that you could never get to it. And so in this situation, we're talking about building a schoolie, but uh, you're talking about anybody, what they could do if they want to just do something. Basically, you're saying, like, don't compare yourself to others. Focus on your own path. And one step at a time, you can't look at this, like, big challenge as, like, a mountain, but rather, like, get up that mountain slowly and your dreams can come true. 100%. Like, if I compared myself to all of the people that are doing 
<clears throat> van life and schooly life and have like 50,000 followers on Instagram and was like, oh, I can never do, like, I'm never going to be that. We would have never got on the road. Like, and those are the people that inspired us. Like we, you know, we drew inspiration from the design choices they made in their vehicles, from the places that they're going. Um, and from some of the choice, like some of the things they've done as well, like, oh, well, wouldn't that be so great to go do that as well? But like, so what if we don't get as many followers? And so what if we don't, our pictures don't look like their pictures or, you know, like we're figuring it out. I'm also learning how to edit photos now. <laughs> You're always learning, right? And that's the key to like when you when you step outside your comfort zone, so much comes from just learning new things when you're vulnerable, right? Like if you just stay within your own comforts, like you'll never put yourself out there and never amaze yourself. There's so much you can do. I mean, anybody who knows how to use PowerPoint and can format a slide can get a job on Upwork. Yeah. Like there's people looking for that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, and we live in a culture today where a lot of people don't want to look work for somebody. People are being more awakened to living their best life and having adventures like you guys are doing, like volunteering internationally, just like living for more than just paying bills and just working, right? That's that's what we're essentially talking about, that it is possible for people to do that. And that is what you and Phil really symbolize especially for a lot of people that feel stuck in their jobs and they have these mortgages and they feel like they're they, this mortgage is like so important when it's really not right like yeah. what you're doing is such a bigger investment for your future than anything else could be and there's so many things that you can like that you can listen to and 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 watch to kind of help you get in the mindset as well so like it's kind of a different concept but similar kind of path, I guess. So like, you know, I was, um, as all of us do as women feeling a little bit bad about myself. And I was noticing that my Instagram feed was all these like super skinny women. And so I just like cleaned, I stopped following, you know, and it's like, you know, it sort of helps because like a lot of these people, if you really do the research, they either edit the crap out of their photos or the Instagram models are like, you know, they're bulimic, they're anorexic, they're dealing with all this stuff. And, you know, why, right? Like there's, you don't need to be stick thin and gorgeous to start a following of people. I mean, there's tons of tons of accounts out there that are not even in the hashtag body positive realm, but just people that are normal people that are doing cool things. Yeah. Just about being authentic, right? Like we all have a gift within us. And if you're trying to be somebody else, you're not being yourself. And in this situation, you know, you guys just completely did your own thing. And it's so good that you, you unfollowed these, that you knew you were conscious. Like when we go out in the unknown, we're much more conscious of what is good for ourselves. And when we're caught in mainstream society it's difficult to see that your environment might be actually what's toxic oh totally it can be <clears throat> and what you allow to like i always i think of it the same way as i think of like when you get feedback because you get feedback from people whether it's work feedback or your friends giving you feedback your husband whatever your dog even um and some feedback is good and so you kind of want to put that in your filing system and, and keep it as a thing like oh you know what like yeah i need to I need to get better at doing the dishes right away because I don't want to get bugs in the bus, right? Whatever. Um, but some feedback is not good. And so you just kind of let that fly by. And so I always think of like, 
these things is almost like a filing system. And it's like, what is worth allowing your brain to absorb and what's not? Because <laughs> you have to protect yourself, especially if you have a dream. So many people don't, for their own ego, will tell you not to do it. Like when I was going to Israel, a lot of my closest friends told me, don't go. They don't speak English there. When I was just so aware to know, like, they're telling me this because they don't want me to go. Not because, like, I still need to grow. They don't want me to grow because it's about them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I definitely had, like, when we started telling people, and we told people after we already started, we bought the bus, we started, we gutted it. So after that, we started telling people, so, like, we were doing it, you know? We got all kinds of wacky feedback, like from people some of it was some of it was positive but mostly it wasn't it wasn't super supportive most of it yeah. was pretty on the negative side but that's what's so cool about you and phil is like this, you're doing it regardless and that's what everybody when you make a decision you can't second guess yourself you just have to go you have to just because there's going to be other decisions you have to make anyway so like when you make a decision stick to it and just keep going and blinders like you said like oh, yeah. the filing system like just disregard it yeah. And people, you know, they like to give you all these reasons as to why it's not going to work out, right? Oh, well, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough with Cooper. And like, what if he gets car sick? And it's like, Cooper is fine. He's fine. I'm going to be with you, right? Dogs just are happy to be along. And I'm sure Cooper's life has improved significantly from you guys doing this. Oh, he loves it. Like, he doesn't love um, driving. He, he's, he's fine driving. He typically just goes to sleep, but he's really afraid of big trucks. So when we're on the highway and the big trucks go by, he gets really scared, but he just, now that the bathroom's finished, he actually just, he goes in there. It's his little den. He, he can't see anything because we'll close the curtains. So he's just hiding in his little shower stall and he's cool. Oh, that's amazing. See, so you cute, really Sarah. can't listen to what people say and you just have to do your own thing. But how often do you guys actually drive? Like I imagine it's really gas guzzling. I imagine it's time consuming to drive. So you really kind of, I imagine you stay, stay local a little bit more. We try to. Um, what, that's actually one of the things about being in a schoolie that's, that can be a little bit challenging um, and what drove us to get a smaller one. Um, so we have a shorty. <laughs> um, it's five windows long, which from nose to tail, it's about 20 feet with the bikes on the front, 23 feet long. So to fit in a regular parking space, you need to be 20 feet. Um, with the bikes, we're a little bit over, but you know, you just let them hang over the curb or whatever it is. Um, so we are very mobile. We can go anywhere and we do. Um, we've parked this thing in busy tourist areas. We've parked it off road in the forest. Um, we've pretty much parked it everywhere we could put it, but it can be a little bit like exhausting sometimes if you are moving around a lot. So we had a period of time where we were moving like every like two or three days sometimes even every day and that was really tiring because you have to pack up and go and then unpack and then back and it gets a little bit tiring um but we try to stay places now for like four or five days if we can just because it's a little bit less stressful yeah and i'm hoping once we get to louisiana that we're actually going to be staying in the same spot for like two three weeks if we can yeah. um it's just the longest time stay. some stability on the road as well, right? Like just because yeah. doesn't need to, you don't have to exhaust yourself all the time. You can lay low in some places. 
Oh, totally. And sometimes like you almost feel guilty doing it, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm in the city. I've never been here before. Like I should be out exploring, but I'm tired. I'm drained. And I feel like I just need to like, I don't know, play Sudoku for three hours in the bus. Like that's okay. Like you're allowed to take those moments because that's the difference between a vacation and full-time travel. This is our life now. And if we are going to do this in a way that's sustainable and that actually works long-term, we have to be able to take those moments to just like sit down and have a coffee and do nothing for a few hours because we would do that if we were at home on an, on your average Saturday. That's a good point. Even though everything is new and like overstimulus and like you want to be trying to do everything, like you have to ignore the, the fear of missing out. Like you're on your own path, right? So you can do whatever you want. That's what's so cool about this. Yeah. And like when people want to sort of give you those those reasons why it's not going to work. Um, it's usually something that <clears throat> they're almost projecting, you know, like sometimes it's out of the goodness of their heart, like, Oh, well, what if this, and have you considered that? And, and that's fine. Right. So if it's like trying to help you to think through the thing that you're doing, then that's great. Just, you know, you can either say, yeah, I have looked into it. I got it. Or you can just say, thanks. I'll, I'm going to look into that. I didn't think of that. Um, but when it's something that's like, oh, well, you shouldn't do this because of X, like, you, you really need to, like, question, like, whether they think that you shouldn't do it because you can't overcome whatever that is, or if they think that they couldn't do it because of that, and they're just putting that on you. Right. And it's so cool. It's like, when, if you're anything like me, which I know that you are, when somebody tells you you can't do something, you want to do it even more. Oh my God. Like tell me that I can't climb Mount Everest and watch me summit that thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like either, so to, sometimes the negative feedback is also the fuel to keep you go to, to get you going as well. It totally can be. But what's so cool about what you guys are doing is like you're said one year, like you took a one year leave from work, but really what you're gearing up, you should, like there's no limits, right? Like if you guys can just keep going, there's no reason that it should only last one year. Yeah, that's, and that's like, I like, like, I'm very, very fortunate with my job in the sense that I have the year leave of absence, which is actually a no strings attached leave. Um, and there is a, a pay to it. So I do get a thousand dollars a month. Um, so that's helpful because I don't have to make a ton of money anytime soon. Although I would like to, but I don't have to. Um, they, I think they pay that out quarterly. Um, but it, it all depends on your budget. Um, I actually am going to do a blog post about the financials of it all. Um, being a spreadsheet lover, I have my budget, which I'll share. Um, I also have things that we've learned. So like we had Wi-Fi challenges at first because we were using this little global Wi-Fi hub thing and it wasn't getting network like anywhere. And it was a hundred dollars us a month. So it was like $130 Canadian and we were not getting any service. And like the couple of times we were like in a town, like we're out of Walmart, you know, and we popped the laptops open to like, try to like get the website up or like for Phil, he's doing all the video editing. He was like trying to get, you know, stuff to download. Nothing was working. Um, so I just bit the bullet and got a phone plan, canceled the global Wi-Fi. Like you learn that stuff along the way and it changes your budget completely. Um, and it's important to like keep track of those things. So for us, we estimated that we would spend about $2,000 a month 
um, on travel expenses. And we knew the first month would be an anomaly because we were still doing renovations. So I also want to do like some financial analysis and actually like download all our visa statements and like see if we're actually tracking towards that. Um, and then if we're not, that's fine. We just have to adjust our budget and adjust some of our plans. We have to take more time to work or we have to, um, you know, do less of something, right? Like spend less time at, at, um, at paid campsites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you can know by being conscious of your budget, it's really something you have to maintain, especially if you want to keep going and be sustainable. You have to be conscious of where the money is going. Um, I went a totally different way. You were asking about the leave of absence. <laughs> Um, and if I'll go back, <laughs> I might, I haven't decided yet. Um, but I think a big part of it is, is somewhat contingent on, um, both of our ability to make some money, um, while we do this and a little bit on like how our business idea around doing bus conversions and potentially a rental fleet actually works out. Um, cause if that stuff works out to a point where like we're able to, have enough income that we can, you know, we can contribute to our RSPs. We can, you know, have a nice cushion to not, you know, have every dollar matter. Um, then I think, you know, why would you ever do anything different? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, but it's also like, as long as you believe it, it can happen. Yeah. We're always, if we're always thinking like, oh, like if we're thinking negative or limiting beliefs, it's not going to happen. But if you really believe that like, I'm going to make money online, I'm going to be able to contribute to my RRSPs, you can do it. And even I wanted to say, like when you're talking about the budget, most people spend more money in their mortgages, in groceries at home, on their car payments, all of the bills than what you guys are doing. It's actually probably cheaper to do this. Initial front costs, of course, but like it's cheaper to live on the road like this than to be stable. It is, and that was a huge part of, of what um, <clears throat> really convinced Phil that this was a, a real thing that we could do. Because we're like, okay, for a loan in Toronto, we paid $2,100 a month in rent. That did not include utilities. So the utilities on top of that would be three to $500 a month, um, plus Phil's cell phone. My work paid for my cell phone, so that wasn't a thing. Internet, so um, so gas, insurance yeah. for our cars i mean we still have insurance for the bus but like you know and it just is crazy and then plus living in toronto everything is more expensive so if you want to just go grab a drink like there's a hundred dollars gone you know <laughs> yeah. and people aren't conscious you know so people people give themselves excuses like oh it's too expensive to go travel but like it's also expensive to do what you're doing and like yeah. that money if you're conscious of where your money is going you can do, definitely do much more with that money and i think when you work like at least, and this is the pattern that I found myself in that I wasn't happy with. Like when you work, um, whether it's nine to five or even if it's in my case, you know, eight to eight, um, when you work like a job like that and you're not really finding that you're getting, you know, either a fulfillment from it or enough time to, to do other things that fulfill you. So like I wasn't even able to get to a yoga class in a week. Like yeah. I, yeah. you couldn't pay me to find the time. Um, what, you, what do you do, right? You end up turning to, well, I just need an outlet. You know, I just need something to relax. So I'm going to have a drink or I'm going to go to a bar or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make mac and cheese tonight because I just need to like relax, you know? So you get into this, like treat yourself and then you end up spending more money because you're going out more because you need to treat yourself because you're so stressed from the week. Um, 
you spend more money, you get fat. <laughs> um, yeah. Unhealthy habits, right? Whether it's drinking, whether it's eating unhealthy, whether it's not getting to the gym, not prioritizing yourself in the right way. Like there's just so many things and bad habits that fall out of it. And that I see people falling into that same pattern all the time. Um, and I was sick of it. And for me, I'm the type of person that needs a massive change. Like I just, I love to like take everything in my life and like throw it up in the air and see what happens. Um, other people, it's more gradual changes that work for them. And that's fine too. But being conscious of where those bad patterns are and, and trying to like find ways to turn them off is really, really important. Absolutely. And I'm Candace, like you're such an inspiration to everybody. And we'll definitely have to have you on the podcast again as time goes. And I'm really excited to seeing your financials to see like how much is it to actually be on the road. Yeah. <laughs> And all of the advice that you can share with people so that when they're ready to do this, like they can learn from your mistakes, right? That's the whole point of not making mistakes again is learning from other people that have already done it. Yeah. And we've definitely made our fair share of mistakes. <laughs> That's living though. If you're not making mistakes, you're not living. So it, I think yeah. about the listeners that are listening in, like when's the last time you made a mistake? And if you haven't made a mistake recently, then like it's time to make a mistake. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Um, even in consulting, there's, uh, and, and all kinds of different like technical work, there's lots of people that are, are trending towards this fail fast mentality. Um, because the faster you fail, the faster you figure it out. So, and I used to tell people something similar when I was a snowboard instructor, if you're not falling, you're not learning. Yeah. So go fall, go fail. You'll succeed faster. Fall, <laughs> you'll fail. That is the advice that we're getting from Candace today. So this is amazing. Thank you so much for being on here. And we went a little over time, but that's, that's good. This was like so much information. And thank you, Candace. really. Thank you for being yourself and just like going out there and doing something so crazy. Um, I still can't believe you're doing this. So I'm really going to be keeping up uh, on you. And definitely you're going to come back on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, this has been awesome. I feel like I could talk for hours about it. So... <laughs> Good, Candice. So we will thank you so much for tuning in today and be sure to follow Candice on Facebook and on Instagram. Candice, where can everybody find you? So on Instagram, we are Max Leisure. Uh, it's Max and then dot like a period and then leisure. And then on Facebook, our page is just Max Leisure. Um, we are going to be doing YouTube as well, um, which is already set up. It's also just called Max Leisure but we haven't posted any videos yet. Um, I think we might try to start filming them in a few days, so. This is exciting, everybody keep posted. Like this is the beginning, right? Like this is the beginning of a year long, maybe even longer journey. So really where everybody needs to tune into this and, and contact Candace through Facebook or Instagram, anywhere that if you have a question about schoolie, building a schoolie bus, Candace and Phil are the experts. <laughs> oh, yeah and we're and we're always looking to uh, connect with people so don't be shy sounds good thank you so much candace and enjoy life on the road enjoy it for all of us <laughs> thank you so much for having me i'm so honored to be part of your podcast well we'll talk to you soon candace bye